Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. This is another interview Wednesday. I, as always, am your host, Andy Burrows, and I am joined by my illustrious co-hosts, Mr. Adam Cousins and Dave Robinson. How are you, boys? Evening. Hello, mate. All good. Evening, evening. Well, lads, uh, it's an interview Wednesday. Uh, what? When we started this podcast, we said there are a few wrestlers that we want to interview. Uh, one of them we have with us today. Adam, you are the king of the intro, my friend. Who is on today's interview Wednesday on the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast? Uh, well, we have somebody who definitely a Hall of Famer. We've got somebody who's worked currently in AEW managing the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer. Uh, obviously going to be coming over to the UK for All In very soon, which we can't wait for. Maybe we should or shouldn't trust him. I don't know. Maybe we'd have to ask a few people that. But it's Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, good afternoon to you, I believe. Uh, thank you very much. Looking forward to this. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for coming on uh, our podcast. We love doing these interview Wednesdays. But uh, like I said at the start of the show, one of the people when we very first started the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast that we would love to speak to is yourself. Uh, so we're truly privileged that you've come on to join us, Jake. Um, one of the questions that we always start with uh, with our guests that we speak with, uh, Jake, what do you make of the wrestling industry in 2023? It's a different animal, man. Uh, for whatever reason, it's just the lack of uh, these guys being able to to uh, hone their skills, if you will. You know, the guys today are working main event matches a year in. I can't imagine doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, it took me a few years to get my stick together. And these guys today are, are flying at it, man, right and left. And they're sacrificing their bodies and for the simple reason that they don't know how to do it any other way. Mm, yeah, true. That's the shame. Yeah. What do you think? That, that Obviously, we're now in an era where we've got WWE Network and there's wrestling, right. con there's wrestling content. Everywhere you look now, you've only got to open a laptop, a cell phone, anything you can get wrestling contact. When you first broke into the business, did you ever think we'd be in a situation where we are now with wrestling? I remember the days where we struggled, especially over here in the UK, to get yeah. one one wrestling show a week. I mean, now wrestling is absolutely everywhere. I mean, compared to when you broke into the business, when it was in the in the 80s and the early 90s, when we didn't, we couldn't get a lot of wrestling content. Nope. Does it even amaze you now where the wrestling world oh, is gone? It blows my mind. Look at all the content we're getting every week. The hours and hours and hours, man. It's crazy. You know, and uh, you wonder when it's going to change. Mm. And it will change, but who knows when? I mean, um, it's de they're definitely successful. And until they're not successful, it's not going to change. And I don't see anybody dropping the ball. 
No, 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 very true. Uh, go on, Adam, my man. <clears throat> Jake, I, I need to talk Lance, answer, Lance Archer with you. Um, we've got he's got a mutual friend of ours that wrestles in the UK scene. His name's Taylor James over here, so he knows uh, Lance very well. But coming into AEW <clears throat> and then transitioning to sort of managing Lance, have you sort of part? I mean, I know Lance is quite experienced anyway in, in wrestling, but right. have you passed down any psychology? You were a really good psychologist in the ring, and your ring work was in you know, I, I, would, I would like to think that I've helped him with the psychology end of it and with his interviews. Mm. Uh, we've spent a lot of time doing interviews and talking about him, but uh, he's learned. He learns. He learns quickly, and he's such a great guy and a great talent. You know, a man his size that can do what he can do is just it blows my mind. Yeah, I've seen some of it. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen uh, of Lance's career has been amazing, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what's to come. But uh, forgive me for not. To, I, I need to talk all in with you quite quick because obviously you're coming yeah. over here to the UK. Right. 77,000 tickets, $9 million gate. You're going to sell it out. Was it initially, I mean, I, I said it at the time, I thought it was quite a ballsy move uh, to come and do Wembley Stadium, not Arena, the stadium. The first ever time you've come over here with AW Stadium show, no matches have been announced yet, but 77,000 tickets. Did it even surprise you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> How could it not? Yeah. Um, they haven't even announced a match. Yep. And it's sold out, you know. So uh hopefully we'll be on it. No, definitely. You gotta be, surely. <laughs> oh, you gotta be. Can't come over here and not have a view on it, Jake. Jeez, jeez, Dave, that will be a that'll be a huge mistake. Yeah, that Dave. <clears throat> hey Jake. Um I just wanted to ask you, Jake, about your AEW run, um, how you think it's gone so far, how you envision it going in the future. I think as fans, we'd like to hear a bit more of you cutting promos backstage. I think that's something that uh, you did a little bit more so earlier on in AEW. Uh, is there any plans to, to do any, you know, is that something that you pitched to Tony Khan at all or talked to Tony Khan about? Well, we pitched a few things to Tony, but right now he's going in a different <laughs> direction. You know, uh, there's not much we can do about it. Um, we're certainly ready to do bigger, bigger things. And we're certainly ready to uh, grab the ball and run with it if we were given the chance. But that's all up to Tony Khan. Mm. Also, Jake, we've, we've spoke to veterans and legends in the past uh, talking about some of the younger wrestlers these days, perhaps they don't have the conversations with wrestlers such as yourself, you know, about uh, asking to watch their matches and, and to critique them and help them with the psychology. Are there guys in AEW other than Lance that turn to you to ask for advice? Yeah, there's a few guys that do. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'll go. I'll go on. Them, them, you know, I don't, I don't want to throw them out there. No, no, no. <laughs> Jake, if a, if a younger Jake the Snake Roberts was starting now, do you think like you would benefit from like the the NXT system and stuff like that? Because I, 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 you know, I've read about how obviously how you got into the business. We've spoke to yeah. former wrestlers how they, you know, they were just working at a gym, and then the next thing they've been spotted. I mean, it's very different nowadays. You've got like the 
the NXTs of this world. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, gone are the days of like going, oh, there's someone in a gym and I want to turn him into a wrestler. I mean, how do you yeah. think a younger Jake the Snake would have fitted in if he was starting out in the business now? Oh, I think I would have benefited tremendously. Mm. You know, have the opportunity <laughs> to have a place that you can go train and uh, work and uh, still feed yourself. Mm. You know, in my day, brother, it was a... <laughs> It was a job, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, I remember getting ten and fifteen dollar payoffs. You know, back in the seventies, and uh, I don't care how good money was, ten or fifteen dollars ain't no money. <laughs> no, that is very, <laughs> that is uh, that is very true. Has it has it surprised you how much the wrestling industry has changed? Is there anything? I mean, we mentioned at the start of the show about how much content there is now. Is there anything you miss from the old days that you think's gone out of the industry and gone out of the business? Yeah, I, I miss the old programs, man, where it lasted, you know, two or three months. Yeah, you would actually go through steps. You know, and um, you do the slow build. Mm -hmm. I miss that. That's storytelling, you know. And uh, that they don't do that anymore, man. They blow it. They blow it in and blow it out in a week. Yeah, yeah. They certainly do. I, I said we, we're big fans of long term storytelling or storytelling with a purpose, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's definitely the, the way to go. Um, we last week, for example, and this is a, a different. We saw blood and guts for what was it the third time uh, on AEW. Mm -hmm. Does it even nowadays? I and mean, we talk about surprise you quite a bit, but how more different things all of a sudden? If we had like a bed of nails and and on all of this stuff last week, does it surprise you now how more innovative they're getting in terms of using that sort of uh, concept you know, in, in wrestling? <clears throat> I wish they wouldn't do it. Hmm. I really do. I mean, there's no need for a bed of nails. There's no need for oh, tubes of glass, hmm. barbed wire matches. There's no need for that. Come on. You know, there's yeah. just no need for it, but they're still doing it. You know, they're I still doing it. I used the to people, like the, oh, go on. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> the people demand it. They, you know, that's why we used to have a cage match occasionally. Mm. That's our big thing then. But now there's just seems to be no limit as to what they'll do. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I used to, I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of um, the AW when they've done the 60 minute draws. They've done a few right. of those, haven't they? And I, I right. think that because it's straight up wrestling and it really showcases the actual talent and what they've got. Cause you know, they're all extremely talented. We're not, we're not, we're not stupid enough to, to understand that, but having a 60 minute time to draw like Danielson did and, and people like Omega. Yeah. But when it actually shows their talent and they're telling that story for a whole hour, those matches yeah. are absolutely incredible. Incredible, man. And just just uh, for me, it's just such a joy to watch one of those, man. I just sit there and, and, and grin the whole time. I'm <laughs> eating shit, you know. I mean, I just... <laughs> Definitely. Dave? Uh, 
I'll go carry on. And Sorry, mate. Yeah, Jake, just one. I wanted, I was speaking to a few friends today and we said that like we were interviewing you tonight. And one of the one things we just want some of the greats that you work with throughout the industry now that have gone down as Hall of Famers like yourself. What was it like working with people like the Macho Man Randy Savage? Ho- household names that just roll off the tongue now. But for us to sit down and actually speak with someone like yourself, who, in it, you know, you are one of the greatest of all time. What's it like when you go into a story with like the Macho Man? with Hogan, with people like that. Some of the, like, the earthquakes of this world. I mean, some of our younger listeners might not remember. You had one of the greatest stories ever told with, with Earthquake. I remember you being tied up on the ropes and Earthquake yeah. squashing Damien, and it was a big thing. I remember when I was a kid then, it was like, oh, my God, what is that blew my mind as like a nine-year-old. What was it like for you, though? Now you look back and you reflect on it, what is one of the greatest careers ever. What was it like for you just working with some of them legends? Walking through paradise, man. <laughs> That's what it was like. I mean, uh, you know, Macho Man, you had to you had to grab a hold of him a little bit and uh, lean on him a little bit so he'd blow up. And then once he blew up, he was easy to wrestle. But you know, he had so much energy and he was so full of fire and piss and vinegar. In the beginning, you had to hold on for your damn life, man. <laughs> Because he's coming at you 100 miles an hour. But once you settled him down, you go ahead and do it. I love working with Macho Man. I love working with Earthquake. Earthquake was relatively new to the business. Mm. He had much work. And uh, we went out there and stole the damn show with that with that idea. Mm, it, was it was a great story. So it was so easy. And, uh, you know, working with the steamboats of the world and Ronnie Garvin, Ted DiBiase, even Bad News Brown. Yeah. And he was having a hard time in his career because his knees were shot. Mm-hmm. Well, the bottom line is if a guy's got an injury, you work around it. Yeah. And I did. I didn't knock him off his feet. Very seldom did he hit the mat. <laughs> Because I knew he'd look like a bug on his back trying to get up. (laughs) (laughs) During that era, Jake, a lot of people always, you've probably been asked this a few times. I mean, you were, you were, you were the, 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 on the tip of everyone's tongue during the, during the the eighties and the nineties. What is it, the reason that you think WWE or WWF then, never felt to put the big strap on you. I mean, you people ask it all the time. I mean, we've chatted about it on our show, likes of yourself, the British Bulldog, Ted DiBiase, never really, yeah, never really got to, you know, why were they never made world champions? I don't know. I mean, it's probably a question that you've been asked a lot. I mean, I it always amazes me how Vince never looked at the character that is Jake the Snake Roberts and thought, you know what? We're going to push this guy to the moon because they, they pushed you and pushed you and pushed you, but, they signed to keep to get you to a level. And then you're like, well, right. come on then now. Let's give him the big one. Let, let's put right. the title on him. And let. I'd love to have seen you run with the belt for like a, a Roman Reigns kind of run. Just because a few reasons. Your, your in-ring ability was incredible. But I don't think there's been many people better in the industry of cutting a promo and telling a story. And I think that's key here. I think you would have told yeah. a great story as the WWF champion. I mean, did you ever speak to Vince about, hey, look, why have I never been given the opportunity to be the yeah. WWF champion? Well, I knew what the answer was. You know, um, unfortunately, uh, I had some issues. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's hard to put the horse in a race when you're not sure what kind of shape the horse is going to be in. 
You know, there's been moments in my career where uh, I lost control of uh, myself and wound up making an ass of myself. But, uh, you know, I would have loved to have had a run with that title. Oh, yeah. it, would have, it would have been, it would have been incredible. Job, I think I would have, uh, I would have raised the bar for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do. Jake, um, just just touching on that, you know, somebody obviously that's helped you over certainly recent years is Diamond Dallas Page. Right. Um, I've been rehabbing an injury myself and I've discovered DDPY and it's massively helped me in my recovery from two slip discs. Great. Are you still doing DDPY? Um, are you still kind of uh, hanging out with, with Dallas? And um, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We still hang out together and... Uh... I just got off the phone with him before I came on to do this interview. We were talking about some stuff and uh, I'll be seeing him next week. Brilliant. So yeah, we Did still in contact. Are there a lot more wrestlers that have started incorporating yoga now, particularly yeah. since Diamond Dallas Page gave it that, that spin, you know, not your mama's yoga. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. Jericho mm. is one of the ones that really benefited. Uh, he was out of the business. He wasn't coming back. And wow. uh, Dallas got him doing the deep, doing the doing the yoga, and uh, he was able to straighten his back out, and he was able to come back and look what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys that are doing it. A lot. There is, and it's it's a it's a wonderful thing to see as well. We love it with some of the stories. I mean, not even just with wrestlers, but the stories of people like just like us that have, have like you yeah. know started it and they couldn't walk. They were in wheelchairs. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. When when the DDP and when the whole when your documentary come out, which is now probably gone down as one of the greatest wrestling documentaries ever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and for someone like yourself, and you've openly admitted it, you turned your life around. The, the, the transformation yeah. is incredible. What was the reach out from other wrestlers? I'm not. You don't have to name names. Were there other people that just reached out to you after that documentary, the DDP stuff, and they said, "Hey, Jake, look, you've inspired me now to go and get the help I need." Because, like you said at the start of this show, you were in a bad place at some times, and that's yeah. maybe why the WWF didn't give you the strap. But yeah. that documentary, it didn't. It changed your life d- d- dramatically. You know what I mean? We saw physically for our own eyes. Has that helped uh, other people within the industry? And has anyone, have they reached out to you to say, hey, Jake, I could do with some help? There's been there's been several people come to me and talk to me and help me help with drinking mm. and with drugs. And uh, I'm there for mm. uh, not only wrestlers, but I'm there for anybody. You know, uh, I sponsor a few people right now. You yeah. know, and... Uh, you never know how much of an impact you have until people start calling you and asking for the help. Yeah, and you give them that help, and they and they become successful, or they make it over the hump. What a joy that is! I know I got a letter from a, a nine-year-old kid thanking me for helping his daddy quit drinking. Wow! Because now daddy moved back home. That, that right there did it for me, man. Yeah, that must get you. <laughs> when, you yeah. when you get that, that must be. I, I mean, I've got an eight-year-old, and I, and I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't even imagine leaving his side, you know, being addicted yeah. to anything. But you know, 
if to get something like that from an eight year, I, I I think I would. I think I don't cry often, but I think I would if that, yeah, that ever happened. I did. I yeah. did. Jake, does it still surprise you to this day that, that I mean, you've mentioned like the the young lad there, that the, the influence that wrestlers, people like yourselves, and you know, we like we all grew up with people like yourselves, but now we're very privileged to sit down and do things like this. Does it still surprise you now the influence? I mean, wrestling sometimes gets a bad rap, but we're always here about preaching the good about wrestling, about yeah. the good that it brings into the into the world. I mean, it, it's always that it suspends reality. If I had a, if I've had a bad day at work, I've got stuff going on in my private life. I, I I just put on the wrestling. It suspends belief for two, three hours a night on a Monday, or you know whatever night on a Friday yeah. or Wednesday. Does it still surprise you now that the, the the influence that the wrestling world? I mean, we're sitting here in 2023. You're still as relevant as I think you've ever been, in my opinion, yeah. my friend. You you always will be a hero to to many of us. Does it surprise you that the influence that that, that wrestling and wrestlers have on the world? Sure, it does. I mean, how could it, man? Uh, it, it, you know, I walk through an airport and then people spot me and want to talk to me and want to tell me a story uh, about what they were doing when they watched me for the first time. Uh, it's just amazing, man, uh, how it affects people. And uh, today, it's just, like you said, it, there's so much of it out there, it's hard not to get touched by it. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, very much so. Go on, sorry, mate. Definitely. So, Jake, one of my favorite, my one of my favorite memories of you growing up was the Rick Model Martel feud when he sprayed the arrogance uh, in your eyes, and you had a blindfold, blindfold match. match of all matches. WrestleMania. Yeah. That for me was a was it was a was a, was a we, we talked about match types earlier, and that was amazing. But the question I was going to get to was your your DDT, which was without a doubt one of the best finishes in wrestling. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. Without a doubt, you'd hit that game over. Um, right. I think Jr. even said last week that no one wins it with DDTs anymore. Is, does that disappoint you a little bit? That that move just is sort of not say overused, but it's not that yeah. clinical finisher like it was. I, I think it's a shame, but uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, it's kind of funny. One way I look at it is every time they do it, all they're doing is throwing my name back out there. Yes. And every time they do it and they don't beat the guy, the van at home says, damn, when Jake Roberts did it, nobody got up. Yeah. Mm. So that Jake must be a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> and you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jake, one of the biggest promos in wrestling history, and then it gets played and played and played, was the Austin, the birth of Austin 316. You right. played a pivotal role. In that night sure. at King of the Ring, you talk about your John 316, well, Austin 316. Did it surprise you how big that went? Did When you guys were sitting down, obviously going over that and what was going to happen at King of the Ring, did you know then that Stone Cold Steve Austin character and what you helped start really with that at that King of the Ring, did you think that it would go as big as it did? Because you, you can probably oh. talk Austin Hogan, Jake yeah. Roberts, all of them in that, but it it went and it still played till this day. Yeah. I don't think anybody could uh, see how far it went. I mean, I knew that I knew that Steve was a great talent, and I was doing my best to make him a star. 
previously before the matches leading up to that he was talking to me every other day asking me advice what am I doing wrong what am I doing right trying to figure out his character and we did the king of the ring thing man but nobody could could guess how far it would go because it went a long damn ways man it did he he became a superstar overnight and uh, of course they started to build him then and uh, they built him tremendously you know who Steve Rostin reminds me of nowadays when in, in AEW a little bit anyway John Moxley yeah a little bit yeah, he's got a swagger about him anyway. That yeah. It certainly does. I love that. Um, Jake, one of the things I like about it, I, I do love the, the the music side of wrestling as well. And, mm-hmm. and I'm really into it. Your music was very sort of, I always called it mysterious or very sort of venomous, right. like the snake, like the character. How important and, and does the music, do you think, play inner characters? But we've seen it, obviously, you can look at The Undertaker and you could people like that. But yeah. it does play a big part, doesn't it, in the character? <laughs> Does it does it? It sets the table, so to speak. Mm. Uh, when uh, you hit that music, the people recognize it, and boom, the fire is built. Yes, you know. By mm. the time you get to the ring, they're in the frenzy. <laughs> yeah, uh, you hide the ring. All you got to do is fart and do an arm drag, and you're there. Fart <laughs> <laughs> and do an arm drag. <laughs> That's priceless. That's going to be a tagline for us going forward. Yeah, that could Fart be. Uh, Dave, have you got any further? Yeah, I, I know we've bounced around a little bit, Jake, talking about different subjects. But um, in terms of your DDT, on AEW, um, you've teased it a few times. Yeah. And Lance has kind of stopped you. Um, are you kind of, do you think that is just building the anticipation and one day you're going you're gonna to land it? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's we all know the answer to that that's, question. That's kind of what I'm hoping, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the crowd, obviously, <laughs> to the reaction, they always start booing when Lance stops you. But I'm just thinking that that's something that we're going to see time and time again and, and get that big yeah. payoff. It's going to happen. <laughs> cool. It, it will do. Jake, uh, Collision is another thing AEW have just literally debuted four or five weeks ago. We have mentioned on this show, we watch it every week, we do a review. The look and feel of it is different to Dynamite, which we, which we think is a really good thing. That It looks the difference, the way it's presented and everything like that. It's right. really impressed us how it started and it, and it has that different feel because we feel it's needed. Yeah. But how do you think Collision's gone in, in the open, in its infancy? Of, I mean, to be honest, AEW's still in its infancy, really, but Collision more so because it's only like four or five weeks yeah. in. So beautiful to watch, man. Mm. And uh, it does have a different look. It has a different taste. It has a different feel to it. And I love it. I love it, man. I think the people love it too. Yeah, we do. I like the um. I like they do a bit old school at the start. They do like the the post the pre show promos like they used to how you how they used to start in, in the main event. Yeah. yeah, and they used to just like they yeah. think they done Juice and Jay White and people like that were cutting the pro and FTR were cutting their promos before the match. I love. I used to love that stuff in the eighties and nineties. I yep. think it's really great. They brought that back as well. Yep, it, I it, agree. It's a it's a good nod to the uh, to the past. Um, Jake, what if you were to go and give young? If you were to go and give young Jake the snake, 
some advice now knowing yeah. everything you know about the wrestling industry knowing about everything you know that's happened in life i mean people when you talk I, people listen and i yeah. i mean that in the i mean that in the kindest way everything you've done in the wrestling industry everything that's happened to you outside of the ring you're you're the true image of someone that's been through it all come out yeah. the other side and can tell yeah. the story what advice yeah. would you go and give to a younger jake the snake roberts that was getting involved in wrestling and just in life in general yeah, I, I think the first thing I would say is stay sober. Mm -hmm. And uh, stay clean. And uh, probably one of the bigger things is <clears throat> seek out someone to talk to. Yeah. Because I had a lot of issues that were eating at me and tearing me apart that had nothing to do with wrestling. Mm hmm but they were still there. And that's the, that's the stuff that caused me to try to self-medicate, to forget it. So, yeah. Do you think there's a stigma around wrestlers, though, that, you know, you, you especially when you, the era that you were in, yourself, yeah. DiBiase, Hogan, Savage, on with it, there's that stigma of, oh, these big, tough wrestlers, they, they can't seek help. Whereas, I think now in 2023, it's probably easier for these guys to go, do you know oh. what? Look, hey, I can go and reach out to a Jake Roberts. I can go and reach yeah. out to anyone. You know, there's not that stigma around that. No, you've got to bottle it up and handle it yourself. No, we've gotten a lot smarter over the years, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. we just given up and decided we'll do anything to get that monkey off our backs. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Jake, just finishing up, we're going to finish on a light-hearted uh, light note. Tales from the road. Is there any story that you can tell us from the road that maybe you haven't told before or maybe because we, we've oh. been very fortunate to speak to some wrestlers and they've had some great stories from the road. I mean, I know WWE do the documentary where they're all in a car, but that's very watered down. Is there? I yeah. can imagine some of the things that went on when you guys were up and down the country back in the 80s and the early 90s. Well, I, I can tell you about the, me riding with the Freebirds <laughs> and uh, Buddy wanted to piss, so he begged him to pull over so he could piss. And uh, Michael and Terry Gordy were sitting up front, and they said, fuck you, Buddy, we're not pulling over. <laughs> so Buddy pulled his dick out and just pissed over into the front seat. <laughs> As you do. Outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Which God. Later, later, it turned at night, there was another another round of it and uh the roundup being a shit fight. Shit fight. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a match type. Yeah, don't get yeah, don't get that's, WWE. That's any not ideas. what you pitched to Tony Khan, is he Jake? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. Uh, Jake, just to finish it just just lastly, um, I mean, I, I'm hoping this is the case. I mean, we see, uh, we we're enjoying what a the direction that AEW are going. Yeah. Uh, we hear of, like some great names backstage. I'm hoping that you're one of them that's involved in some things that are going on in the AEW, whether it's promo classes, whether it's people coming to you asking for your advice, whether it's Tony himself saying, "Hey, look, I I think that they need to lean." on people like, I'm not just talking A-Dub, I'm talking WWE, Impact, all the people yeah. that have literally been there, done it, got the t-shirt, had the great matches, had everything. Right. I'm hoping AEW are doing that with yourself, Jake, and they're saying to you, hey, 
We want and, to use all the knowledge you've got. Please tell me that they're using it. Yes. Yes, they are. They have me teaching people how to do promos. Good. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone better at teaching promos than Jake the Snake no. Roberts. I don't know what you guys think. But yeah. <laughs> maybe that maybe that's just yeah. me. But Jake, thank you so much for taking yeah. the taking the time to come on and chat with us on the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. I know your time's very precious. We can't we're all all three of us are gonna be at AEW all in. Uh, I swear to God, the second I hope pray to God your music hits, I will I will literally be that ten year old boy again, getting goosebumps, saying that one of my favorite. I'm getting to see one of my favorite wrestlers again live. Yeah. We're so happy to see you healthy. We're so happy to see that you're still involved in the industry, Jake. It means the world to us that you're still doing what you do, my friend. So from us here at the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast, we wish you nothing but future success, my friend. Thank you, and God bless you guys. Take care. Thanks, thank, you, thank you, Jake. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Ladies yep. and gentlemen, uh, this has been another great interview Wednesday of the, uh, the Hitting the Turnbuckle podcast. It's not every day you get to sit down and chat to one of your absolute childhood heroes. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, uh, joined by my illustrious co-host, Mr. Adam Cousins, Mr. Dave Robinson. Till next time, everybody, buckle down. Stay safe. Hey, everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTTBuckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. <laughs>